Hello, and welcome to The Chess Circuit, a podcast all about the wonderful game of chess. My name is Adam Ralph, and I'm your host. Just to, just to paint you a word picture of, of what it's like at the moment here, the, the rain is lashing down, uh, it's very cold, um, we're about to go into winter, it's not much fun at all. Um, what's it like where you are? Um, well, we have mixed. It's uh, it's typical South African weather. It doesn't want to know what it's supposed to be spring, so warm, sunny, and all. But yeah. uh, we've got a bit of a cold front coming into Joburg. So yeah, it's not like tonight. It's quite nice, but apparently there's uh, rain forecasted for uh, tomorrow and and Monday. So, so you can't you can't escape it. No, because it just uh, it, 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 the the funny thing with Joburg is you can have a blistering hot day, and here five o'clock, all of a sudden the thunder showers come. Yeah. <laughs> well, we that's too much because when you live on an island, even an island like the size of the UK, you get used to a kind of days where you get rain in the morning and then it's all beautiful in the afternoon, and it's only in the the, the last few years you get you get all four seasons in one day. So you, you have to be ready when you go out for almost any kind of weather. It can be blisteringly hot and then it can be snowing and, you know, chucking ice down at you. You know, you just, you just can't predict what's going to happen sometimes. Yes. It looks like you'll have to carry a wardrobe with you. <laughs> and the other thing is that English people love talking about the weather. So there you go. That's why. No, it's hundred percent. It's a, it's a great conversational starter. <laughs> to, um, to come and talk to me it's really nice of you um no, i've got a, a couple of questions to ask you i mean if there's anything that you want to say tell me tell me at the end and we can we can cut it in anyway but no, I'll, just, I'll ask you a few questions and feel free to be you know you, you can give me whatever answer you want don't feel that you have to say uh, anything specific you can just uh, Tell me, and we can we can always edit afterwards if there are any kind of gaps or you know hiccups or my phone my phone rings in the background, which has happened. Kind of- <laughs> but I, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be on you, man. It's uh, for us in South Africa to get any exposure is great. So uh, I, I want to say thank you for uh, for reaching out. That, that's very kind of you. Actually, that was my my first question was. Pandemic aside, what's the chess scene like in South Africa? You know, in, in England, I mean, England is probably four smaller than South Africa, but normally we have lots of weekend events. We have some international events, but that's basically that's basically it, apart from league chess. So what's the, uh, the chess scene like in South Africa? Well, I mean, South Africa is very broad-based. So we've got, you've obviously got tournaments all around in South Africa. So you've got tournaments in Cape Town, you've got tournaments in Joburg, uh, Durban, uh, Bethlehem, Bloemfontein. So all over, somewhere in South Africa, probably on a weekend somewhere, there are tournaments being held. Um, and I suppose the average number of players participating in the tournament, so anything between 100 and 300 players uh, participating. That's really so, good. Yes. Um, our biggest one is obviously our, our junior tournaments. Um, we've got the – I'm sure I'm sure you guys have heard that we have a South African Nationals where we have over 2,000 kids playing. In, I did uh, not know that. That's amazing. 
Yeah, so so nationals nationals is where we select players to go to a South African closed, and then in that tournament, which is effectively the top thirty players in the country per age group, we then play a tournament, and then they um, if they win and they finish in the top five, they get selected to represent South Africa, and then we go to World Youth and African Youth. Um, and all those wonderful events all over around the world. That is amazing. I mean, in, in the UK, the, um, the kind of equivalent junior nationals are much smaller, much smaller. And they, really? they only happen once a year, but you might, you might not get more than maybe 100 kids playing oh. at the British Championships because a lot of the stronger kids have basically given up on the junior tournaments and they've kind of moved on strength-wise yeah. to to the nationals and they're already playing in, in the, the British championship, some of them. So yeah. um, that is, that is the issue with junior chess. Our largest tournament in the UK is um, the UK chess challenge, which is a kind of um, um, pyramid scheme, um, <laughs> a pyramid scheme masquerading <laughs> as a chess tournament, but it's incredibly <laughs> successful, but it basically starts at the very grassroots and a load, thousands and thousands of kids take part. But when it gets to the ultimate kind of the, the semi-finals and the finals, you, you you've got much smaller groups of very strong kids who are obviously going to go on to uh, uh, you know, yeah. the nationals eventually. Yeah, ours is ours is a little different in the sense that um, so I, you heard I, ma- I mentioned cities before. So you had Cape Town, Durban, which is KwaZulu Natal, and then you got Bloemfontein. So each city effectively is like a, a union. Or I would I would probably put it in England terms as like counties. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, say Joburg Metro, you've got Twani, you've got uh, Western Province, you've got Bloemfontein, you've got Port Elizabeth. Um, so you've got you've got all these um, all these regions that we call them. Then they play in a team event to see which is the best region per age group, and then after that they have. Uh, with that, that is about seven rounds, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, after that, you have another seven rounds where kids that haven't qualified to go to the closed yet, they then um, play in that to qualify. And the top 10 um, in that tournament qualify. And if you score the same number of points as the person on 10, then everyone from 10 downwards qualifies. So you could land up having. Oh, that's good, yeah. yeah, you should land up having. Uh, a section that has 40 kids in it type of thing. Um, the other way that they, that you qualify is they give you Grand Prix points. So top 10 Grand Prix over the year qualify and then top 10 on rating qualifiers. So you've got rating qualifiers, you've got uh, Grand Prix qualifiers, which is tournaments at their base, and then you've got your last chance, which we call wildcard entries that you that you qualify in. Um and the the national the nationals is all about the actual the the, the inter unions the, all the unions that um, that play um, it's all about them uh, trying to you know say that we're the best union um, and we do this That's and good. competition that. is healthy oh yeah no com- competition is uh, is very very healthy. Um, the, obviously, I mean, I suppose the big difference as well between South Africa is we're so far away from everything that creating IMs and GMs is very, very difficult um, for players to to achieve. 
Uh, our GM that we do have, the one and only, uh, won it in a Namibian tournament uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Kenny Solomons, he won that. And he's our only yeah. GM. And then we've got a woman GM, Melissa Khrief, um, who earned her woman GM title. So from a GM perspective, we don't have that many. And obviously, it's it's tough to, to get it because we're so far away from everyone. But from all the other titles, I mean, we've got IMs, we've got NMs, we've got CMs, you name it, we've got it. <laughs> and a lot, of the, a lot of those titles, they win. Some of them win them at junior level. So you'd like WFMs and WCMs uh, and FMs and CMs, they all win those at, at, in African tournaments. So from an African point of view, South Africa does very, very well generally and, uh, and is successful on the African circuits. And obviously, once we go worldwide, um, you know, we struggle in world youth tournaments. Um, and and the, difference, the difference there is obviously the level of chess that you play against is a lot higher than, than what you play at home. Um, so I know that we've done, we've, we've brought GMs out uh, for kids to meet. Um, we've had, uh, I think we've had Nakamura out here. At one stage, uh, wow. we had we had Aronian, Levon Aronian, last year. He was at our nationals. Lovely yeah. chap, lovely chap. Very lovely. His wife was amazing. Uh, uh, we, uh, she, uh, I will say, she had a. Uh, they were playing doubles at, at our event, and she she gave one of our top players a very cheeky uh, comeback line. Um, because uh, there was something about some uh, the, the, he, he thought he was he was going to win, and then uh, she turned around and said, "I think you should r- w- wipe some Vaseline on that." So very a very lovely lady she was, <laughs> <laughs> tongue in cheek, yeah, <laughs> um, and and good with uh, with Aronian. So um, so we've had some we've had some top players out here um, from 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 a nationals point of view to meet them. But the, I think the bigger problem we have is, is playing these top players on a regular basis. Whereas in this COVID, it, we were a bit more fortunate because obviously everyone had to go online and had to, had to play online. And uh, that's where obviously the, the Chess 2020 came in, um, where we got a couple of the South African teams to, to play against those, those players. And they had some GMs and IMs. And even had you know, not your, wouldn't say your top end GMs and your top end IMs, but they still were decent GMs and decent IMs that you would love to play against anyway. So, Absolutely. Um, so that was that's great, and hoping that uh, even after the, the the whole COVID calms down a bit, that uh, that that you know we get that opportunity to play those players more and more, but. Uh, but it's cost effective. That's the that's the big problem with South Africa is everything is costs when it mm. comes to traveling and stuff. It's interesting you should say that because I, I think I once had a conversation with uh, Ian Rogers, the Australian Grandmaster, and he was saying that in, in Australia there are, there are tournaments every weekend, but the distances involved are huge. So what quite often happens is the talented young players tend to go and spend a year or two in Europe to try and get their titles and then and then eventually they come back yeah but that that's always been a tradition for australian and new zealand kids anyway you know never mind the chess players so is there any kind of tradition like that with young african talents 
Unfortunately, not in South Africa. We, um, I know that uh, many years ago there was a connection where Watu Kubisi uh, went over. Um, and if I remember correctly, he's an IM titled player. And, uh, and, and funny enough, you mentioned that I, I know Chess Heroes, which is the stream that we do, uh, we also are at, at Chess Coaching Academy. Um, and obviously, our, our goal is to try and create some, um, some good friends overseas, as they say. Sure. <laughs> um, contacts. <laughs> contacts, yes, that's the word. Some good contacts. Yeah. Uh, good networking. We've, we've made a few. I mean, we've obviously made contact with Peter Hornsby, who's a lovely chap. And, um, and we've got there – are there are some ideas that we need to try and fulfill, but also, you know, the, the, it's, it's weird that when you have an idea, especially in South Africa, when you have an idea, it's very quickly that someone else – uh, sort of snaps it up and then tries to run with it, and then nine times sure. in they they stuff it up. So when the the person or people <laughs> involved try and run with that idea in the future, um, then it becomes a problem because the trust barrier is broken. You know, so we we we're trying to build. We're obviously trying to build our brand up a little bit, uh, meet meet the right people. And uh, hopefully in the future, that link of trying to send players overseas uh, and get that experience will be there. I, I think, weirdly enough, I think the, um, the pandemic will give you lots more opportunities like that. Because once the pandemic has passed, let's hope, let's touch with and hope it passes, you're going to get more regular opportunities to play in federated tournaments. And I think there'll be a resurgence in, in opportunities. It's just a question of getting getting young, talented players to to go abroad and play in those events. Yeah, we've look, we've got we've got two very, very young talented players at the moment. They played on our, our online Olympiad, Keith Kamalu and Banele. I uh, can't remember his full name, but um, they both uh, they both young players. Um, and online I can tell you, wow, they are monsters online. Um, I mean, the monsters over the board, but I mean, online, they're, they're touching two, four, two, six rating areas. And, and yeah, I've seen I've seen Keith Kamalo's games, and he he's he's about twenty one hundred fide, but he's he's so much better than that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and and to get, you know, it would be great to get a player like him to go and and uh, push forward for the South African flag. Uh, he's definitely yeah. one of the, one in the up and coming. Uh, players uh, to watch from a South African point of view. The, 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 the only downside is I think we should have caught him a lot earlier to give him the more exposure earlier. But, uh, but I mean, if he can get the exposure now even, he will be – I mean, he's a strong player. I, I don't, I don't uh, enjoy facing him across the board, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think um, the only South African junior we've seen here regularly was Jack Van Zyl Rudd, yes. who's been here quite a few times. And he's a bit younger, I think, than uh, Keith. Yes, but I Maybe think younger. Keith is stronger than than Jack, to be honest. Uh, sure. And and also, and again, like I said before, you know, it it, it boils down to um, you know, it boils down to finances. And Keith does not come from uh, from a from a family of wealth, so for him to go overseas, he has to do a lot, you know. So. 
and that's the problem is a lot of our, a lot of our players don't have the financial means to go overseas. Um, even when it comes to when they're when they've been selected to to represent the country, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the time, especially in the junior ranks, the parents are paying for it. So uh, mm. players like that need sponsorships. Uh, they have to do a lot. Um, and, and sometimes they rub shoulders with the right people and they can get, you know, that those people help them. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, it's, it's the same old, same old story. You know, just because you come from a bad, an unlucky background, I always say unlucky background, but just because you come from a background with, that doesn't have the wealth doesn't mean you don't have the skill. And uh, we hopefully, and again, hopefully with, with Chess Heroes, we we will we'll definitely try and, and you know do something different because everyone goes the same route as well you know everyone's we all want we you know we we we, we coach chess we we run tournaments we you know, you know obviously to survive and make money and all the rest of it but at the same time we've also got to look after the wealth of the talent that we have and to get them to the right places so hopefully with uh, with the COVID and with uh, with the the planning of chess heroes that we've got going forward, that maybe we can we can make plans and uh, and create those routes for for the up and coming players. It's interesting. I saw a very interesting documentary about um, IT actually in in Africa and how IT is revolutionising the lives of of a lot of young people who come from. Maybe, maybe disadvantaged backgrounds, it's a great leveller because once they have access to the internet, for one thing, that breaks down loads of barriers because, and also it gives them lots of opportunities, but they can then develop careers. And obviously the obvious career is IT. Yes. But as soon as I saw that documentary, I thought, actually, it's going to revolutionise chess in a lot of developing countries because there's no reason why um, a South African kid couldn't couldn't be um, a world class streamer, or for instance, couldn't do loads of coaching online to make a living while they're developing their, you know, they're getting their titles. Yes, indeed, indeed. That could be the future. Well, we can hope that it's, it will be the future. We can definitely hope for that. Um, I can say from I, I don't have a title. Well, I have a title, but I don't have a playing title. So, um, feed, you got a national master title? No, no, I've got a national instructor's title. I don't have a playing uh-huh. title. Yes, it's a national instructor's title. So I have a coaching title. Uh, <laughs> which That's a good title. It's a lovely title. Uh, I, I definitely want the FIDE instructor's title. That's my, my goal to get to, and hopefully I can get one more after that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just, like, you know, we've, we've put a lot of emphasis on, on IMs and GMs. And when FIDE came out with the coaches' titles and stuff, we haven't really put enough emphasis on on those titles, and not not to take anything away from the GMs or the IMs, because there are GMs and there are mm-hmm. IMs that can coach, but just because you're an e, a GM and an IM doesn't mean you are able to coach. You know, some some there's that same uh, that favorite saying, uh, "Those that can do and those that can't teach." <laughs> <laughs> So um, of course there are some there are some really excellent coaches that I know who aren't who aren't really strong players, and uh, there are plenty of strong players who who don't who don't really like coaching and, and would be quite honest and say well they only do it to make ends meet, but it's not really their their strength. 
Yes, 100%. And when you when you go like for example on chess.com when you put your 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 chess coaching CV which is where where um a lot of the chess heroes coaches CVs are at the moment. Um you know, you get lost in 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 the ambience of uh, IMs and GMs. And uh you know, the, the one of the things that that myself personally I I never aspired to try and become an IM or a GM. Not because I didn't want to. It just wasn't my thing. I played chess because I loved it and I enjoyed it. And it was something I did with my dad. Um, and then I got into coaching because um, in our region, we didn't have coaches. We didn't have an abundance of coaches. So um, when I was 17 or 16, I started coaching already um, youngsters. So you're under, you're, like, you're under 10s. I started coaching them. And I've learned along the way how to coach different styles and different people and as time has gone on and uh the the beauty of that is that you know like you said you don't have to be a top-end player to be a top top-end coach um but the perception is though that's out there when people see an im or a gm next to your name that uh that you'll be a, a good coach hopefully in the future the plan will be that they will start looking for, you know, the FIs and the NIs um, <laughs> and not the IMs yeah. and the GMs. <laughs> well, I think there is there is an obsession with with title players. and in, in a way, I think that title players aren't done a service by that. I think title players, there should be more opportunities for title players to make a living playing chess and writing books and developing their understanding of the game. And I think, I, I mean, I've been watching your, your streams um, I know you're a chess coach and your streams are very interesting because most streams are simply about watching somebody play chess for hours and talking about it. And because you're a chess coach, I think your, yours are more aimed at being educational rather than just entertaining in that sense, which I think is quite a departure. There's, there's not many streams like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, we have, we have four, um, we have four, co we have four coaches that we use. We have, International master, Rodwell Makoto. Then we've got uh, FIDE instructor, Corner Clavert. We've got an up-and-coming youngster. I say youngster, but an up-and-coming coach, um, Tyler Pitt. And then we've got myself uh, with an NI. Uh, we all have our little niche. Um, and I said to the guys when we started the stream that I'm not going to sit and play games while I'm streaming. I'll, I'll play a couple, no problem. But my 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 focus is that we've got to give something back to people that will appreciate it and at the same time also want people to contribute you know we want the donations we want the subscriptions and and all the rest of it and if you look at the chess streamers you've got sub battles which are nice um then you've got the what is that other one that they do um the master titles uh, on tuesday title tuesdays yeah that people Tuesday. Yeah. So um, our, our aspect is, I mean, me, my, myself, when I stream, it's generally to teach and to, to pass on knowledge and do a little bit of research um, and, and pass that on. And at the same time as well, also um, one of the other things uh, I like to do is commentate. Um, love commentating, enjoying the commentating on uh, League, <laughs> League 2020. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of those. Uh, some of them I can become quite. Uh, I have. I have seen some of them. I mean, I. I... 
we we spoke to Peter Hornsby in an earlier podcast and um how did you get involved in that 2020 competition and uh, commentating it was the weirdest thing so Justin Wilkin was one of the coaches with us and um Bridget Brody and I think Peter Hornsby somehow met up and then so Bridget Brody is a secretary of Chess South Africa. So she passed it on to Justin, who then told us about it. And I was busy doing all our stream work, trying to get our stream up and running. And when they said that this League 2020 that was happening weekly, we were still, you know, we still floundering around trying to find what we were going to do on the stream. And we <laughs> said, okay, no, well, let's let's commentate. This 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 seems like fun, you know. And um so, Great timing. The universe, the universe delivered it into your hands. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> bread on butter, you know. <laughs> so yes, exactly. And then uh, we had a chat with uh, Peter, and um, yeah, and I said, look, we uh, we would love to stream, and he's like, yeah, no, that will be great. And uh, I mean, he does a lot of things for the stream as well. He he creates the posters. He's got the commentary team, and the commentary team for the stream is different to to the, the coaches. I mean, you'd expect that the stream would just have myself and my, one of my other mates working, but we don't. With the League 2020, we actually pull in other um, players from the league in particular. Um, some of them very good. Some of them have titles. Uh, a nice big surprise is uh, very shortly, I have made contact with a uh, woman GM I'm not going to share who it is, but she'll be joining us on one of the League 2020 um, uh, one of the League 2020 commentary uh, days. Uh, when once we once we've got a nice a nice matchup, she'll be joining us for one of those streams. Uh, she's very very. Who was that? Say again. I missed that. I, um, who was the person who's joining you for the commentary? Uh, it's a woman GM. I don't want to give a too. Mu- I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> 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 but uh, she is a woman GM, and uh, she was very keen to join us. So I'm very happy that she will be. And uh, and Excellent. once we once we know what stream it is, then we will announce who it is. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the big reveal. Say again. The big reveal. The big reveal. Yeah, you know, a stream. You got it. You got to have the big reveal as well. So, yeah. So then, uh, with lots of banter between, my, well, I'd say banter, but lots of conversation and chatting, we got to know Peter. We got to um, we got to planning, and our commentary is very very different to to the other commentary out there. So, like you got all your like because I think the problem is when they commentate on the other games, so let's look at the World Masters when they commentate. No one does like a profile background on each player. No. So there's no profiling on the players. What we've done is we've now trying to incorporate profiling of the teams, which is hard work (laughs) because you need feedback from... Yeah, I bet. (laughs) You need feedback from the teams to give you that information. Um, so we have some profiles on teams and hopefully, you know, when we, by next year, we'll have the profiles of all the team. It might be like a requirement to enter the league, just send us a profile of your team. Um, but we have profiles and now obviously with Aloysius wonderful app, we have, um, data that we can use, you know, matchups where we can go, Oh, you know, um, uh, Durham alumni play Chess Heroes. The first game, Chess Heroes beat Durham alumni in 
in stage two in round four and uh, in the stage six in round three. They lost to Durham and Illuminati. So all tied at 1-1. Which way is it going to go? You know, that kind of thing. So we're starting to grab stats thanks to, to Aloysius' um, app as well. And uh, it helps with the commentary uh, and gives us also um, information on the players when we need it. And we're slowly but surely incorporating all of that into our stream for the commentary. So one, one, one day, one day, we might be like Sky Sports of, uh, of chess commentary. <laughs> Sky Sports of chess commentary, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, if you like, if you like watching chess online your, yourself... Who are your favourite commentators? I mean, are you, are you, have you got any particular role models? Unfortunately, I've watched a lot of chess online, and I think that's why I got excited to do it because I know I'm I can be that that out person. You know, someone makes a mistake, I I, I don't hide it. Um, if I make a mistake, I'm quite happy to accept it. But uh, unfortunately for me. There, there hasn't been a commentator that's gone to me and said, "Oh, I want to watch him every time." We watch chess. I, I've unfortunately landed up watching Vishy Anand commentate, um, <laughs> and and a few of those kind of characters that have that have commentated. And I find their commentary sometimes very bland and boring. As, as, as you know, they're good players. Don't get me wrong. I just find their commentary doesn't doesn't keep me um, keep me enthralled. Um, that I want to stay and watch more and more of the game. Uh, I, I find that commentary across the board as that you don't have that excitement, you know? Um, and also when you remember a lot of the commentators are also GMs and irons. So they also talk at a level sometimes where an average user doesn't, doesn't catch on. I, I had a mate of mine that, that watched a lot. He wasn't very good. Um, and he would tell me like he watched this, but he, he didn't understand what the commentators were talking about and we would have to go and have a look yeah. what he was talking about. So I think it's interesting you should say that there's not a lot of um, commentators who can talk to, to it, the whole audience. And I think possibly in the UK, I can only think of Simon Williams. He's a really accessible commentator and people who don't even play chess sometimes watch his commentary and they enjoy it they don't know what necessarily what's going on on the board yes but they enjoy the way he presents it yeah I, well now that you mentioned let's go check it out eh? <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I i think a commentary team should be you know you've got to have your your top end guy definitely has got to be there and you've got to have a you've got to have someone that can without sounding stupid but can break it down to to someone that knows very nothing because we we forget that <laughs> that uh, yeah. when people watch sometimes there's a non-chess player watching you know he's just watching because it's it someone said go check this out and he's gone to watch um, yeah and you want to try and draw that that non-chess player in. you want him to come and enjoy the magic of chess that that we all enjoy so um, we tend to we tend uh, I think with, with, with top-end chess, we tend to, to forget that. And then you also got to have the funny guy. You've got to have the guy that's cracking the joke and, you know, teasing the player here and there, or even teasing the other commentator. You know, you just gotta, there's got to be some banter going, going to and from the commentators just to keep people um, alive and interested. 
they do it in they do it with soccer commentary, they do it with uh, rugby commentary, especially when they're doing halftime reviews. There's always banter between the commentators. Um, that's that's very interesting. Some of the some of the um, the least interesting commentary I've seen has been when you get two people who don't have a chemistry together and one dominates the other. Yes, and your commentary doesn't suffer from that. I mean, you've it's always very lively. No, I, I'm very, I think I'm lucky in the sense my my character allows me to be out there, so I allow yeah. I allow because I also I I know I'm not the strongest chess player in the world, so I. I know that there are other people that might know more than me and I need them to share that knowledge while I'm online. And, uh, and that's, and, the, and that's what I think a lot of the commentators don't do because, you know, we are chess players. We, we selfish. <laughs> we know more than the next yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're asking Andrew, you're asking the questions that we're all, we've all got in our heads and we're thinking, you know, why doesn't the commentator ask about, why doesn't he tell us about this move? You know, yeah. You're just you're just voicing our, our concerns. Yeah, for sure. And 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 I think also like when when the guys are, are watching commentary and stuff, um, because there's so many people on, sometimes the, the the their question gets lost in the commentary, especially on stream. We're lucky in the at the moment because we're not that big yet. And uh, and if you post the question in our commentary, I will very very quickly comment on it, and uh, I'll even go back to it if I have to, if I haven't. And we've done that where we've had guys with the games finished, and they've asked the question. We said, okay, we'll just stay till the end of the stream. We'll go back to the game and we'll look at it, and we'll tell you why. Because you know sometimes you just got to move on to the next thing. Um, I, I, I don't I don't see a lot of commentators do that uh, going back in a position. Or like, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? They're just like, oh no, this is the line, this is the best line. That's it, move on. Just because what kind it's the of best... um, what kind of numbers do you get? Uh, at the, well, <laughs> talking about numbers, we are we are very very excited because we were on um, Chess.com Live TV on Friday morning at seven a.m. SA time, and we reached our highest numbers ever. We reached one hundred twenty-two viewers at one stage live. And after the recording, um, two thousand one hundred people viewed our recording. So we were very, very. That's the that's the number that matters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we were very, very, very ecstatic about about both numbers, the live number and the the recording number, because um, we haven't had any numbers like that in the past. Um, I went on to stream a little bit later that day, and I got about uh, twenty to thirty people, and I wasn't I wasn't on live just. Uh, TV at that stage, um, so we, we've realised that 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 does make a, a big difference to our stream, and uh, we we're working very hard behind the scenes to to increase that um, for now. But I mean, we're very we're very young. I mean, we've only we've only started streaming this year. I would say we started streaming this year, February March. And uh, every time, wow. we, every time we put a little bit of effort, well, I say a little bit of effort, but every time we put the effort in and, and persevere and um, go forward, then we always reach targets that uh, we don't expect. And, and I've got to give a shout out to chess.com because they, they've, uh, I mean, we're not IMs at all. There's no reason for them to have accepted us as streamers. And we got a lovely comment from them on, on Friday saying, yeah, we saw the stream. Well done, guys. Keep it up. Uh, keep working, looking good, good things to come. So, yeah, it was for us, you know, it was a, a big, 
a big a big uh, a big leap stone in a in a in a small pond. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. It's it's funny that I, I know another streamer. I won't mention who they are, but when they started streaming, I mean, they they didn't get that many viewers when they were streaming. But what they discovered was if if they videoed, they saved the video and they put it on YouTube, and they added a really good thumbnail with a really good title for the video, they got absolutely massive numbers. So so virtually nobody, in, in their case, virtually nobody was watching the live stream. Yes. It was just a recording that they then went on to put onto YouTube. And with a really good thumbnail and a good catchy title for the video, they got masses of people. Yeah, no, the, the title is very, very important. The wrong title, you get nothing. Um where, uh, like we said before, I, I do a lot of teaching. So mine was, you know, um, tactics for breakfast was the was the catchphrase, and yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. And then if you looked at the in the in the, the I don't know what you call it, but just below that you type the, a little summary of the stream, and uh, it, it yeah. there that it would be moles and discovered attacks. So you know exactly what you're getting in the stream. And I've realized when I do that, I get bigger numbers on my stream because people know exactly what they're coming to watch. Um, so that helps. And then uh, obviously the catchphrase obviously helped as well. <laughs> yeah. So. And, the, and the thumbnail is surprisingly important because apparently when, when people scroll past loads of, loads of um, YouTube videos that have been thrown up by the algorithm, it's the, it's the thumbnail that kind of catches their attention it's the difference between clicking on yours and maybe clicking on somebody else's that might not even be as good as yours yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. and uh, so you need a you need a graphic designer even even just an amateur graphic designer somebody who can sit down and, and uh, make you some nice thumbnails again in in progress searching hard for people like that yeah <laughs> well that, that's the great thing about the um the internet because quite often i've known people who've you know, just put that out on their Twitter account, on Facebook, and somebody has come forward as a volunteer and produced the most amazing artwork for them. I mean, this happened to me for my over-the-board tournaments. Just somebody who happened to be on, on Facebook and had come along to one of my tournaments said, you just sent me some stuff. And I said, this is amazing. You know, I couldn't even go out and commission this because I wouldn't even know what to ask for. But I started using that for my tournaments. And so if you just chuck it out there, I bet you somebody will come forward and... and contribute you could make it a competition well that's that's what we did that's what we did initially because we needed um because we obviously needed layouts and then we needed um some gifts and we needed some uh just general stuff and uh all our gifts are handmade we've actually got little superhero type of um uh, gifts and uh, even our pawn um our pawn our pawn gifts our queen gifts everything is is got a superhero theme to it uh, which was yes. all made by by the one person I, I can't remember who it was, but we we know that when we need more of it, we're going back there because they did such a phenomenal job. And obviously, for them to go forward with it will be easy. But uh, again, if all you know, those things in that case, it cost us a bit of cash to do. So obviously, you know, we need we need subscriptions to our stream, donations, of course. Chess Heroes to Chess. Yeah, check out Chess Heroes on Twitch. Yep. Twitch chess heroes, you can't miss us. We're there. <laughs> That's really good. 
Um, so yeah. So what's the future of the um, what's the future of the stream? I mean, do you think that um, you'll be concentrating on streaming live uh, events, or would you be doing more educational? No, no, it's going to be a mixture. It'll it'll definitely we'll still stick to the educational stuff. The educational stuff is still going to be there, and um, my my personal my personal goal. I would love to commentate on a big tournament somewhere. Uh, in the future, that's I would I would love it absolutely. Uh, I I couldn't care whose game it was. Be I'll be commentating on as long as long as I was part of the the commentary team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I just don't want to run into the person afterwards because they might knock my block off. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no. Um, the idea is we've got obviously we've got some uh, one or two big South African tournaments which we would love to stream live. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's in our pipeline. And then, um, we also would like, obviously we're going to stick to, uh, league 2020 that will, that, 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 that's our flagship and we've got good partners there and we've made good, good, uh, good relations there. So that's, that's always going to be on our, on our stream. And then, um, we've got the, the, the learning, but, uh, but definitely want to do, um, one or two more commentary, uh, big events where we can. Is there any opportunity to get chess.com to sponsor an online tournament for um, South African players or African players generally? Um, I don't know. Never. We haven't really gone that route with them, but uh, I'm sure if we if we put it together and we put a proposal to them, chess.com are pretty approachable. You can always talk to them. Uh, and what's the worst they can say? No. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't ask, you, you don't you don't find out. But let, let's let's indulge our fantasies here. I mean, it, if somebody's listening to this podcast and uh, is a potential sponsor, what what kind of event could you could you put on that might excite their interest? Ooh, we could do so many. You can do you can do an African round robin where you can do a. Um, where you can do a team team thing, or you can do top player in each country knockout. That would be interesting. Actually, that would be wow. very very interesting. Top player in every country knockout, African wise. Would would be now that would be that would be very interesting. Yeah, that would that I think that would actually be surprisingly because which country would go where? That would be that would be crazy. Yeah. So I know Egypt have got some good players. Uh, Tunisia, I think, would fall into to, into the African country. So, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think I think the bigger one would be a, a would be a, an African top player knockout. That would be I think would be the an interesting thing to stream on on uh, chess uh, or on on chess heroes with chess.com. Yeah, and the great thing about being online is that is that you save a lot of money on venues and travel so what kind of what kind of prize money do you think would attract those players to play in an event like that sure um that's a tough question i mean the reason i ask is that, that the figure varies from from one country to another yeah. so i have no idea what what kind of figure you might be thinking about I, I would not i'd have to do i would have to do a lot of research to get the 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 perfect number um because I would assume that you would have to, 
I wouldn't even know how many countries would participate, but let's let's be let's be optimistic and say 32, 32 countries um, uh, played or thirty-two players. Even with the player getting knocked out, would need to get a bit of a purse. So you've got to make sure that purse. It, it's not not a substantial amount, but at least he felt like he didn't waste time. If that makes if that makes sense. Um, and, that makes sense. And then, uh, and then, obviously, the main purse being the main purse. <laughs> so I'd have to, I'd have to do yeah. a lot of a lot of research. Look, I mean, didn't wasn't the the top? What was that? That rapid, um, one of the rapid tournaments now on Chess.com, where I, I forget offhand um, where um, Carlson won was sixty thousand euros or sixty thousand US dollars or something like that. I mean, those guys are making mm. making extensive, extensive amounts of money. But, uh, I mean, what? I suppose 10,000 US dollars first prize wouldn't wouldn't go amiss here in South Africa. Well, it wouldn't go amiss in South Africa. I can assure you, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't go amiss uh, throughout, uh, throughout Africa. Um, and it's a knockout. So, they, you know, it, it, it would be, it, you'd need to do a lot of research to, to figure out what the perfect number would be. I think that would be a very interesting subject to investigate, definitely. Yeah, now, now that you said that, now, I've already, like, started Googling things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reason, the reason I ask is that it doesn't take a lot of, I mean, we know this from England, that it doesn't take a lot of money to incentivize young players to to take up chess enthusiastically in search of a grandmaster title or, you know, a Grand Prix victory. So, you know, thinking about the future of chess in South Africa, looking at all your talented players, I mean, you, you have a big dropout in the UK at a certain age. Mm. And what you want to do is you want to keep those players, the talented players, in, in the chess world you know, whereas they tend to drift off and they tend to go to university and then they, they get careers and they have kids and and then you, you've lost lost them really as, as professional players because they can't make a living at it. So you, it doesn't take much money, just enough money to, to make it interesting for talented players to keep playing rather than, as in the UK, a lot of players become chess coaches to make a living or they write books and they stop traveling to tournaments that kind of thing yeah no 100 it's 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 different you know then on the african continent it's different to 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 the european continents where you know there obviously everything is is a bit more accessible whereas here not as accessible um and i do see that online is going to be not future, but it's going to be very much part of the future. You know, I can see, I can see very easily that um, instead of South Africa traveling all the way to Russia to go play in world youth, there would be a, a online camp here with an arbiter, the whole shebang computers lined up players playing here, limiting the costs for them to go overseas and still being able to to compete um against the top of the world um i can see that being the very future that we're leading heading towards with regards to chess how practical it can become and how what what layouts need to be looked at 
Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's for the future to worry about. But it's definitely something that can happen and can happen today even. It's not, you know, schools have, uh, schools have PC hubs and stuff like that. So it's not like there's, 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 there's no infrastructure for it anyway. It's just, I think, no, I, agree. I just think that the big issue is obviously the, you know, that the cheating, uh, the cheating claims. And in all fairness, um, that the cheating is not as, it's not as prone as it was before. I think before you could, you can get away with cheating quite nicely online. But today with AI and all the development going into it and people picking up on certain things, um, it's not yeah. so easy. I do, however, do feel that sometimes when people are caught cheating, that it's um, that sometimes it's a bit wrong. Um, that they might not have actually been cheating. They might have actually just played a really good game. They are a good player and can play a good game, and uh, and and then get caught for for cheating when they possibly weren't. Um, I think that does happen. <laughs> it, it is a controversial topic and there are there are false positives on every on every site i'm sure no 100 100 percent. but uh but, but interestingly enough hmm. the i don't know if you saw recently that tornello.com hosted the european youth championships and that was 750 young people um playing in a tournament and there were no instances of uh, anyone breaking the kind of fair play regulations, let's say, wow. and that that does show you that it's possible to run events of that size and significance online and police them effectively. I mean, mind you, they did have, I mean, talking about hybrid events, they did have 80 arbiters online as well, yeah. and they were talking exactly as you're talking about. They had, um, you know, somebody would use a school and all the players would meet at that school and there would be an arbiter and a team captain present throughout and that really helped but what that did was it brought so many more countries into that event that would not have been able to take advantage of it if 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 the costs you know had been uh you know the traveling costs and um, accommodation costs had been there yeah no i think uh you know today traveling and and hotels and venues everything's expensive yeah and let's be honest chess is not an expensive sport um Everything around it no. is. <laughs> so could it could it revolutionise something like the African Nations Cup? Yeah, no, it most definitely could. Um, it, you know, if you're going to go that route, it it can definitely it, it can revolutionise anything. Um, think of think of like places like Ethiopia and places like that that really struggle financially. Zimbabwe struggles financially. Um, all of a sudden, all you need is a, an IT infrastructure and bang, you can compete in one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world. Um, you need a trustworthy arbiter. You need, you know, that those things are great. And, uh, you know, just because you have the arbiter there and, and, and that doesn't mean that the cheating won't happen, you know, that doesn't mean it at all. But it's, um, it does allow you to compete against the best. And, and isn't that what, what junior players or senior players want to do? You want to compete against the best across the world, and why should yeah. why should money be the the draw card of whether you achieve it or not? I agree. Do do players in in the south of Africa get 
regular opportunities to play in FIDE rated tournaments? I mean, are there enough FIDE organizers and FIDE arbiters to create the opportunities? In South Africa, there are enough. There are, we do have a fair amount of FIDE arbiters and we, have, uh, we do have a couple of FIDE events. The problem is we don't have enough of the, you know, we don't, well, we don't have A, we don't have GMs that can play in the tournaments. So getting GM norms is a problem. Um, but if we want IM norms or IM titles, we could probably get that. You know, there's enough of those kind of players um, around. Um, and, and, and there are, like, like I said, Namibia hosted a tournament where uh, you could win a GM title. Um, I'm sure there were stipulations to what needed to be in the tournament to, to be allowed to, to win that title. But there are, there are ways and means of, of getting titles. Um, you know, if, if, if South Africa gets a couple, of, uh, a couple of more GMs, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, if we can get our players to, to excel at, at events, that'll be, in, that'll be great as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think also over, around the world, the mindset needs to change with regarding to, to chess. In what way? Well, like, like I said, with the, you know, with the, the, the cheating online and stuff like that, just that we can, you know, make it more accessible so that some more countries and more players can compete. Yeah, it's very interesting that, that um, Nakamura was signed by an esports company, which is, is quite a breakthrough for chess. Um, and recently, um, we have, we've, had, we've had controversy, you know, very recently with the, um, what was the tournament that just finished where the Armenians were Oh, yes, the Pro League. Pro League. You know, that, that doesn't help the image of, of chess outside of the chess community. Yeah. And that's the community we need to build on. Yeah, we can't. the non-chess community. Yeah, we can't have those kind of things happening. But again, like I like I said, sometimes I feel that we've pinged the wrong person, you know, or yeah. And it, it, like you said, it is a controversial subject. It's tough. Everyone has their opinion. Um, there's no perfect answer. I I had the the privilege of having to watch our trials today online, and. Uh, you know, it was just to, to know if we could spot anything. You know, yeah, I probably spotted something, but there was no grounds to say this guy is cheating. You know, it's it's such a horrible thing to say that someone's doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't like to use the, uh, the c word. No, it's it's a horrible, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible <laughs> thing. And and no, uh, no player wants to to be called that. You know. Um, and especially yeah. if you're an honest player and you've been playing for years, you definitely don't want to be called that. And the problem is once you get called that, how do you come back from that? You know, that's the problem. So, yeah, I think sometimes it can be right and sometimes it can be wrong, but uh, it's like every time, like everything. Sometimes you score a goal and sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've just got to tread very, very carefully when you're, when you're running events and you've got these, statistical tools at your disposal you've got to be able to interpret the data that you get um accurately fairly possibly erring on the side of caution and sometimes i wonder whether the bigger platforms because of the sheer numbers of people they're having to deal with don't necessarily err on the side of 
caution when it comes to um, you know top players, especially because they must be the hardest to detect. I mean, how do you how do you detect whether or not a super GM is using a computer? You know, once every ten moves, which could make the you know one one use of the computer in a whole game might be the turning point for that game. How do you detect that? Exactly, it's 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 the same for any average player as well. If you I mean, even if you're a 2,000 rated player, if you're in a tight position, you go to the computer and says Knight G3, that's good enough for you to win the game, you know? You don't need to, you don't need theory and theory and theory. And apparently there are ways of detecting that. But, I mean, that's a bit unfair because what happens if I had an epiphany and I saw Knight G3? Now you're calling me a cheat, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, def- it's very, there, very there are ways of detecting it. And I think the default position, you know, according to Nakamura on his um, most recent stream, he said, you know, the default position for all serious tournaments is going to have to be um, cameras in multiple positions. So not just the camera showing your face, but also a camera showing your computer screen, you know, proctoring software, possibly monitoring your computer screen. Yeah. This is the sort of thing they're used to having in, in the big kind of Magnus Carlsen series of events. But, you know, that, that isn't always available to, to everybody around the world. I mean, in my case, if I had if I had more than one connection to, to video, it would probably crash my computer. No, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not sure that everybody could do it. But you know, you know what they're probably going to do is create like a, what do you call it, like a sniffer software. So you, you sign up. So let's say, let's say you sign up to a chess site. And um, yeah. when you sign up, you have to download not download to play, but you have to download software, right? And that software yeah. detects that when you are online on your, in your, your user accounts playing a game, whether you having a chess software open at the same time, I can see that becoming a future part of, uh, of chess online. Like, a, 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 I don't know what the perfect word is, but Sniffers. Well, I've heard it described as um, proctoring software because they use that in in uh, universities and educational institutions. Every time they have online exams, you're you're expected to download this little program that basically monitors what you're doing on your computer, and that that's that does sort the problem out. Yeah, I can I can see chess going exactly that route, exactly that route. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I don't think that's a bad thing. If, if you need to download this little two meg thing just to check that I'm not cheating, I'll download it and do it no problem. As long as no one yeah, go ahead happy, and do it, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I, I think that's where we're going to go with that. That's definitely something that's going to happen in in the future. I I, I assume. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, w- I would like to see. I would like to see online events. I'd like to see online events being FIDE rated in the normal way. And I can't see that happening unless that that takes place, unless people agree to play under those conditions, because, you know, you've got to have all the FIDE regulations in place, but then you've got a whole other set of regulations to do with being on the camera and playing chess online and the internet connection, you know, all that stuff has to be, never mind the cheating. It's, it's all the other stuff as well. Yeah. And the thing is like cameras are great and all the rest of it, but, you know, I can even if you've got my camera on my 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 screen, the the camera is not going to see my a lot of my screen. Like you can see my whole screen, but you're not going to see everything on my screen. You know, it's not going to report everything back. And what happens if the camera crashes while I'm playing? 
you know, then what? Do I lose the game? Because... Which inevitably will do. Yeah, no, of course they will. Of course they will. <laughs> I mean, the, the machines are not, are yeah. not designed to have 20, 20 cameras running or three running at the same time. That's, that's uh, resource intensive on any laptop. I mean, just to run, uh, just to, even if you just have your camera from your laptop, Streaming. I mean that 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 it, it's it's resource intensive. Your laptops. So uh, you know, cameras is a wonderful. I completely agree. Interesting. Interestingly enough, Andrew, your your signal is is cutting out, and I think that's that's a good example of of why you know in in different countries this is going to have to be dealt with in in a different way. There is no, no. one size fits all for all countries, especially developing countries where they don't have access to high-speed broadband. No, agreed. Absolutely. You know, simple as that. Um, there's no doubt about that at all. So in the long term, I can't see, I, I can't see the camera thing being uh, a thing. Um, and you've got the other problem as well, though, that no one's even thought about. Remember, a lot of kids play chess online. Parents are not going to put their kids on a camera. It's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. Very true. Um, and, and even if you think that, okay, it's secure and all the rest of it, we know uh, in any software can be hacked. Banks get hacked on a regular basis. Um, you know, your emails get hacked on a regular basis. You're telling me that my kid is online with a camera and that camera is not going to get hacked. No, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean... That's an interesting point that was made to, made to me by a parent today. And he said, actually, now with the, with the development of the, you know, an anti-cheating or fair play software, you know, because it's becoming so accurate, you probably don't need to be on camera to see somebody's face, but it's quite useful to be on camera if you need to contact somebody. Yeah. So if the arbiter needs to talk to the player or the player needs to talk to the arbiter, yeah. it's quite useful to have a Zoom call, but without the video and that no, it cuts, cuts the, the bandwidth, bandwidth perfectly i mean drastically you know i know you know from a streaming point of view so when i stream i have my camera on then i'm pulling zoom's camera into the stream um and you can see there's there's, there's data going in the background that people don't see and the resources that the computer is processing at just to keep just those two cameras let alone if i want to add someone else into it you know it's uh you know it's it's resource intensive yeah. and it's just you know and now now try and play a game of chess as well go for it <laughs> double dare you <laughs> no <laughs> no it's a complete it's a, recipe, a recipe for disaster, for disaster so I can't it? see it I can't see it long lastingly um, working to be honest I do get that you can't stream while you're playing in the event that's fine but. Um, Looking at the looking at the camera side of things, uh, yeah, I can't I can't see it happen. But uh, the other thing I actually wanted to, to mention, shame, is um, the big the big reason for Chess Heroes is actually Corner Claver. Um, he is he he is the founder of Chess Heroes. Uh, he's actually <laughs> he's quite a funny chap, um, which I think is the reason why the two of us get along so well. Uh, ironically, is my my doubles partner on, uh, or should I say, bug house partner, and uh, and uh, he does he does all the organization all the organizing for um, for coaching. So he do, he organizes that everyone gets their coaching slots and 
and all the rest of that and deals with parents, which is wonderful. And, uh, and, and tries to run some, some tournaments as well. And then obviously I do the, the streaming side of things, which is the, the other side of the business that we, that we work on. Corno Claver. Brilliant. And what's his name again? Excellent. Hundred percent. You need definitely. to get in contact with me. Just let me know. I can give you his details anytime. Brilliant. When this is all, um, when the pandemic is all behind us, uh, we'll we'll definitely. Talk, yeah, talking about getting get together, together. We're planning to go to Norway next year um, because there's the <laughs> there's the stream the the stream really? convention or something is being held in Norway or something like that. So all the stream, all the chess streamers are meeting in Norway, apparently. Um, so we'll, we'll. That's brilliant. You must find out more details about that. And I will, send it to I will me definitely and I'll put it get on all the, the details uh, show through notes. and send it, send it through to you. So myself and, and corner will be at that event in most definitely saving a fortune, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest, I mean, how how is the pandemic affecting um, life? Well, we were in, in lockdown for a very, very, very long time, um, and obviously, you know, with the schools mm. uh, here in South Africa, the coaches, you know, do a lot of school coaching, and and that's a bulk of their income. So we got nailed hard with that because obviously we didn't uh, couldn't coach the schools. Um, fortunate that some of the schools actually come on to our stream for their coaching and we get paid for that in that way. So the kids come on and we still do our coaching, um, even though it's an open forum for everyone to see, uh, we still get paid for that, which is quite nice. And, um, but not, not all the schools. So from, from a, from a coaching perspective, we obviously, we, we lost a few students because, um, obviously parents couldn't afford the extramural, um, we were locked down for way too long. Um, we're only on level one now. Uh, so life is going back to semi-normal. Um, but I think we, we're experiencing what, what you guys are experiencing. Now that we're on level one, people are not wearing their masks. They're going to pubs, partying it up. So uh, we, can, <laughs> we can expect some serious, uh, some serious repercussions in the future, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, I don't think we've been as hit, we've been hit as hard as other countries. Um, maybe because we were just over cautious, or our stats aren't as accurate. I don't know which one it is. But um, but at least at least now we're getting back to normality. Um, schools are functioning. Uh, just life in general. We I, I play action soccer, so I'm back at playing action soccer again. So yeah, so it's getting better. The 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 up up until about lockdown three, lockdown, two, yeah, lockdown two, it was very tough on life to be indoors and not do much. Hence the reason I worked so, too much on the stream. <laughs> mm. It's presented us with some opportunities as well as yeah, uh, no, causing for sure. I think, uh, mayhem. Some people saw it as an opportunity and some still, some people didn't, you know. Um, and uh, we've, uh, at Chess here, as we've seen it as a bit of an opportunity and we've been fortunate that we can get uh, get it going. And uh, like I said before, thanks to chess.com, we've, 
we're at least heading in the right direction now. Andrew, it's been brilliant talking to you and I'm going to be watching your, your stream. Heroes. Give us a Regularly. shout out in the channel and I'll Thank shout you out straight back to you. Thank you very much, Adam. I will. Thanks ever so much. See you again. Ciao, ciao. If you're a premium subscriber to my newsletter, imaginatively titled The Chess Circuit, you can suggest guests and topics for future episodes and enjoy many more yet-to-be-conceived perks. You can find the link to my newsletter in the show notes. Thanks for listening.